Park Hopping Podcast, number 52, Disney on a Dime. Hi there, this is Alan of DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 52, the podcast that proves that anyone can have their own podcast. Really. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast. Today I'm going to depart from uh, the normal shows I try to put out whenever I get around to it. And I wanted to talk a little bit about a book I received last year called Disney on a Dime. Now, I'm not a fan of a lot of Disney books. I, I believe having the official Walt Disney World and Disneyland guidebooks are a good thing because the information is official, even though it may not always be as complete as you'd like. Uh, in those books, the Birnbaum Guides, you can often find reviews of attractions that aren't even open yet. Uh, a good example of that is when Alien Encounter was in the works, there was an attraction description for that uh, from Florida's Magic Kingdom that described the original version with uh, a different pre-show, even though that was uh, quickly shut down and redone. So a lot of times you'll find information in the official guides that's maybe not as accurate as you'd hope. The unofficial guide to Walt Disney World, of course, is a godsend when it comes to Disney vacation information because they do intensive research of traffic patterns and resorts, and they'll tell you a lot of things that perhaps the Walt Disney World company would wish you didn't know. For instance, you know, there are some lower-priced resorts that actually have nicer or softer beds than some more expensive ones, so somebody who's looking for the best night's sleep might actually save some money and get a better bed. Stuff like that. Well, today I'm going to be talking about a book called Disney on a Dime, Money-Saving Secrets for Your Walt Disney World Vacation. It's by Chris and Crystal Carlson. Now, one of the things that caught my attention is, it, uh, according to the About the Authors page, it uh, says they're both East Texas natives who now uh, live and work in Arkansas. And I'm from East Texas. I actually spent about 10 years between um, moving from Houston to East Texas in around 84 till uh, shortly after, well, actually for about 10 years till I moved to Iowa in 95. So anytime there's East Texas involved, I'm curious about what their perspective is going to be. Now, this book is actually a uh, money-saving guide. Basically, here's the blurb from the back cover. Maximum Mickey, minimum money. Think you can't afford that dream vacation to Walt Disney World? Think again. Chris and Crystal Carlson visit several times a year for what many people spend on a single trip, and they do it with four kids. You can do it, too, if you know how to save for the trip. Save on the way, save on tickets, save on lodging, save on mills, save in the parks, and even save on souvenirs. And the idea behind this is... um. The guarantee is they're guaranteeing you'll save at least $200 by following their money-saving tips or your money back. So for somebody who's on a budget or perhaps wants to go more on the same amount of money, uh, that's their target audience with this book. Now, I consider myself a very advanced money-saving Disney fanatic, so I really didn't expect to find too much new information. But it turns out um, I was a little wrong on this because they go into a lot of details for planning a whole trip, not just what to do as far as here's a cheap way to get a car and an, a flight and then here's how to save money when you're there. Uh, the book is um, about a little over 200 pages long and it starts out with a very simple introduction and a description of what Disney World is, trying to uh, let people have an idea of the scope of what a Disney vacation is there. Then it spins a whole big section on planning, budgeting, and saving. And there are obvious things like, um, you know, don't buy your coffee each day and put that money aside. All kinds of little ideas and suggestions on things you can do to save up while you're planning for your trip. That's interesting. Anybody who's been through basic budgeting, trying to actually pay cash for something rather than charging it and hoping they can pay it off in a few years, uh, probably knows a lot of these tips. But there's some very simple basic guidelines on how you can save money with your daily expenses and put it towards a Disney trip. 
Um, they make examples of buying your tickets in advance, but don't try to buy them at one time. Every couple of months, you might buy a ticket, so it's a smaller impact on your your regular budget. So it's very nice there. Um, there's a lot of tips on on things you can do to save on travel and and food and drink, like the Disney dining experience cards, stuff like that. Uh, tips on places that uh, will offer you discounted tickets, whether it's a you know a travel membership or whatever. Um, there's even a chapter on ways to get souvenirs, talking about some of the gift shops in the area that carry licensed Disney materials at a fraction of the cost. Uh, so so it's got a lot of background information that a casual tourist probably wouldn't know. There's um, some talking about, uh, there's a whole, whole section devoted to lodging about staying on-site versus staying off-site, and uh, a lot of the uh, differences about you know, the pros and cons of each one, which is interesting. If you've never stayed off-site, then this might give you some good reasons why you might want to, and if you've only stayed off-site, they have a lot of uh, general tips on things you can do, how to find discounts on official Disney hotels. There's... Um, even a kind of a recommendation of, of the more affordable Disney World hotels and a couple of places about um, some of the hotels that they've experienced off-site and, and what they thought about those. So one of the risks of staying outside of Disney property is you never know what you're going to get. Well, if you just read the reviews and you talk to people who've been, you know, that's a good first-hand review. But if you have absolutely no internet access and you can't just go out there and Google hotel reviews, then the Disney is probably a more consistently good experience. Uh, we also have uh, some discussion on some of the perks of staying on site, like the extra magic hours, and, and they kind of compare, you know, what you could gain. You know, is the extra couple of hours you're going to get in the parks worth the savings? Um, or, sorry, is it worth the extra money you might spend at a Disney Value Resort versus staying off site and, you know, just saving the money but not having the time in there? Uh, the uh, part that interested me the most is actually when they start talking about saving money at eating. Now, they break down a lot of the cost of going in and eating at a counter-service restaurant versus um, eating at a sit-down restaurant, and they mention some tips. Here's an example of something that I didn't know about. They talk about how you can go and purchase a double cheeseburger and buy an extra bun. Then you effectively get two hamburgers for the price, well, for less than the price of two regular burgers. Then you go to the condiments bar and you can load them up with, you know, your, your lettuce and tomatoes and things like that. So that was an interesting tip, and if you did this every single time you ate out, you could really stretch your budget quite a bit. Now, there's a lot of uh, tips about, you know, bringing in snacks during the day, and, and although Disney kind of officially says no outside food, and I've always adhered by that, you know, they say bring in a snack bar, you know, they've never been stopped, and sometimes they'll bring in drinks and stuff like that. Those kind of tips... I consider, you know, kind of breaking the rules, like when you try to smuggle food into a into a movie theater because you think their popcorn's outrageous. But the truth of the matter is, the reason the popcorn's outrageous is because that's where the theater makes the money to pay for itself more than they make off of the uh, movies. So, you know, again, if you can't make a trip either other, you know, any other way, or this is the only way you can afford to bring your family, then maybe some of these tips of smuggling in food or worthwhile, but I, there's a lot of examples like the hamburger bun example, things that I would not have thought about that they document in here. And then, since this is kind of a trip planning book, more more beyond just saving money, there's um, some sample budgets and food menus, examples of what to pack, a listing of various local grocery stores where you can pick up food and supplies when you get there, uh, and there's even a, a section that I got a kick out of called, uh, let's see if I can find it real quick, 
It's uh, like 101 absolutely free things to do. Let's see if I can find that. Excuse me, I'm just doing this real casually here. Page 197. Now, this is fun because I knew a lot of these, and some of these I had never thought about. For instance, you can ride the monorail for free. Um, there's a lot of boat rides that you can take for free to see various parts of Disney property. Now, this is true. Anybody who shows up can get on these, but Disney always pitches this transportation as a perk for people who are staying on site. You know, by being a resort guest, you get access to all the Disney World transportation for free. But you get that anyway just by going to the parks. They're not specifically carting people if they want to get on a boat and take it over to one of the resorts to have lunch or dinner there. Um, they also talk about how you can ride the bus and see the whole resort for free or walk um, on that. Uh, there's a, a walking path between the boardwalk and I think it's like, uh, oh, it's near Epcot or the studios, things like that. They talk about places where you can go see the fireworks for free in downtown Disney and playing around at the Lego store or, uh, you know, some of the exhibits you can do at the Once Upon a Toy uh, shop downtown Disney. So there's a lot of little things like that. Uh, some of them I was aware. Of course, I knew you could ride the transportation for free, but they describe a lot of the exhibits and displays outside of the theme parks that I just, I've never been there, so I don't know anything about them. So that was interesting. There's also a lot of activities at the various resorts that are um, actually free, you know, like there's a uh, a petting zoo at Fort Wilderness and some places like that. So it's a really good section for somebody who maybe you're going to spend a couple of days in the park and it's off season when the parks are closing earlier. Gives you a lot of extra ideas on things you could do after hours or when everybody's tired of standing in line all day. Um, there's uh, also an appendix with some important phone numbers and some basic maps. So, really, this book, it's a, it's a yellow uh, paperback book. It stands out. It's kind of got a, a Mickey hand holding a dime. Um, this is probably something that I would recommend to anybody who's not a Walt Disney World veteran. In fact, it, there's a friend of mine recently that was going to be making one of his first trips to Walt Disney World. And, of course, they come to Disney nerds like me and ask questions. And I, I basically pointed him to this book. I've referred several friends to this book simply because... You know, there are some obvious things like save money and buy stuff cheaper online. Um, but then there's some non-obvious things like, well, you know, you can get a lot of the Disney stuff that's just generic at these souvenir shops outside the parks for half the cost. Things like that. Postcards. And, and maybe the postcard you buy of the castle inside the Magic Kingdom means more to you than a similar or same postcard you buy from a gift shop outside property, you know, for a dollar less. Maybe it doesn't. But... Disney on a Dime is, a, is an interesting book. It's certainly something that I would recommend for anybody that, you know, is looking for ways to save money and doesn't have a, a Disney dweeb friend to bug all the time. Uh, you can find it um, at most bookstores and on Amazon, places like that. I'm not trying to make money off of things, so you're not going to find any store links that I get credit for if you buy it. Just uh, go do a search for Disney on a Dime. The publisher is The Intrepid Traveler. That's uh, intrepidtraveler.com, and you can check them out. And if you, if you get a hold of this book and you like it, you think it's useful, um, or you have a, a different opinion or a review, feel free to send me an email, podcast at DisneyFans.com, or give me a phone call at 206-2030-227, and leave me a little review about uh, tips you found in the book that maybe were useful, or perhaps uh, some additional tips that you think might be good, because uh, who knows, I, I imagine that they will keep updating this book as long as people keep buying it. So again, uh, Disney on a Dime, Chris and Crystal Carlson, former East Texas people, 
uh, go check it out if you're looking for a way to save money and uh, you need some creative ideas like, you know, buying a double cheeseburger with an extra bun. I guess that's it for this time. Just a little quick book review podcast update. Get back to some normal shows in the near future. Until next time, this is Alan and this is the Park Hopping Podcast and we'll see you. Another crappy podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. Mm.